Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a, just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I don't know why you'd return anything, because what? (laughs) But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee, so if the dryer or your dog eats a sock, or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. (laughs) That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintage colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Welcome to Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure. I'm Matt. I'm Dory. Uh, here we are. I asked Dory to try to play something on her computer so I could see if the cable was working for voicemails. And uh, we have a 23-month-old. <laughs> yep, that was what came up on my Spotify. <laughs> Hope all your Spotify playlists are intact out there. Uh, babies will undo it real quick. Yep. Now my YouTube algorithm recommends Super Wings. Well, we had a Super Wings or go. We, but you had a you had a a catastrophe happen this weekend. Uh, yes, Super Wings. In case anyone is wondering, is no longer available on uh Netflix. Like what? So I wish they had warned me. Like, they should be like, hey, we're pulling this, so buy a hard copy. I mean. I think every time 
a child show goes somewhere, uh, they should send you a written episode and uh, a written a written notice, and it has to be you. They like you then have to get it. Um, you know, stamped by person who stamps things. <laughs> what was the, what is what am I looking for? What is the word I'm looking for? That you're you're that you stop should, New York Times. You should just be notified. What is the word I'm looking for? People who stamp documents. Notary. You got to go to a notary. That was the I was going to say for. bureaucrat. You got to go to a bureaucrat. And they have to, they then must tell, they they have to, you have to attest that you know that Super Wings is going away mm, yes. and you know what the date is. Yeah. Unfortunately, that is not a law. It is not a law. Not yet. Super Wings got a new theme song. It's not good. The season one through three theme song was much better. Have you heard the theme song yet, honey? No, I haven't. Here we go. You're going to be like, this is not good. On time, every time. Yeah, everybody's got weird powers now, by the way. You know, it's like they turned it into a K-pop dance hit. They absolutely did. And here's the actual good theme song. Maybe the people who make the show got as sick of the song as we have <laughs> i haven't gotten sick of it all oh really starring jet and dizzy donnie and jerome i mean they cut jerome in like season two and then they kept it in the thing maybe, maybe that's, that's why. why but then why not just redo the the old theme song why come up with a whole new theme song wait is this the guy that actually sings it this is a minute and 46 second version this guy covering it? Wow. There's cover versions? Oh, look at there. He also sang it in Italian. It's a different opening credit sequence, too. Oh. <laughs> All right. We've sufficiently ruined everyone's <laughs> podcast listening. Well, as we've discussed, I mean, one of the geniuses of this show is that it's so easily translatable into any language. Oh, it's ridiculous. Like, the... Um, uh, CG is uh, I mean they reuse the same animation constantly it's really great <laughs> uh, 
So this is our lives. I mean, Henry actually doesn't watch. He doesn't watch that much TV. He never watches TV during the I mean, week. He didn't see any this weekend. Really. Yeah. We're busy. There was like 20 minutes on Saturday that he watched. Oh, when I was when I was dozing off. Yeah. That's the best time to use a television is when you need to sleep. Mm-hmm. You just, you know, sit there next to your kid. Problem with Henry is it becomes more uh, mind numbing because he like wakes you up every minute and a half <laughs> to restart the theme song. Uh. So I discovered that I can loop the theme song on YouTube. Oh, that's smart. And just hit play and, and take a nap. That's smart. So if anyone out there is a fan of Jet Dizzy, Donnie, or Jerome, let us know <laughs> in the comments. Oh, boy. What's new, honey? Well, you know, I wanted to share our discovery of you can't bite me, but you can bite Bunny with our listeners. Oh, I really heard you going on and on about this in what seemed like the entire Rye class. Uh, It was three minutes. Oh, I just happened to hear that three minutes? Yes, (laughs) literally. It was like my turn for a check-in, and it was three minutes. I mean... Yes, so we have a bunny. Henry's a biter. Really loves to bite down on people. Seems to be out of excitement. Yeah. And, um, you know, we've, Dory's, Dory's been deflecting with, uh, you can't bite me, but you can bite his the bunny, the stuffed bunny. But, I mean, this was going on for months, and, like, we had previously tried, I can't let you bite me, but you can bite this. And like handing him like a chew toy or like a teether. And he was like, not interested. But the bunny, as, as the Rye instructor astutely pointed out, as you said, the biting for him is not about like the tooth sensation. It's like a, like a love bite. Like he only bites people who he is yes. close to. Yeah. Um, like he never like bites a kid at the playground or something. You know what no. I mean? Yeah. Um, Not yet. Hey, maybe if he really likes them. Look, Bo, um, Bo must love everyone then. Oh boy. So, and you know, he's not, he'd never really gotten attached to a lovey type thing, but I was like, let's just see. For those of you who don't know, that's a stuffed thing. Yes. A stuffed thing. Um, and I was like, let's just see if this works. And I said, okay, you can't bite me, but you can bite Bunny. And I gave him the gray bunny that's in his crib. And it was like immediately he got it Mm -hmm. and it worked. Yeah. He was so into biting Bunny. Now he'll like bite Bunny. Then he'll like make me kiss Bunny. Then like he's just like super into Bunny. He wants to take Bunny with him in the car. It's just like. Bunny's ear is very wet. Because he was chewing on it. <laughs> like soaking wet, wetter than it got when we were washing the cars. So he has a comfort object. And and yeah, it, it, I, I wasn't expecting it. So yeah, he's finally, I mean, at almost two, he's attached himself to something. Yeah. It took that long. Yeah. I uh, always thought it was going to be giraffe. Like he liked giraffe for a long time, but yeah. He never really like got super into giraffe it's probably because you said you can bite me you can't bite me but you can bite bunny you should have said giraffe and that would have been fine i mean it's fine that it's bunny and then no i'm just saying giraffe would have been the thing oh i see i see um 
Yeah. I mean, we got another week. week. Look, everyone, look, the pandemic is still happening. So everyone, slow your travel horses. (laughs) We have... We have both sets of our parents now have flights booked here. So that, that'll be fun. It's happening. I'm excited. Our bubble is bursting. I mean, Henry hasn't seen either set of grandparents in over a year. I know. It's I know. It's like crazy. And he's a, he's like a kid now. No, he still can't talk, so. That's true. Still like seeing a baby. I took him to Desconto Gardens today and he like, and I've taken him there a bunch before, but it's just like big garden in um, LA in like La Cunata, which is like a half hour drive from us. Um, it's beautiful. And like so much was in bloom today. And I felt like he was like really loving it today. I feel like he's like appreciating things more. Well, he 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 gave us he gave us a group hug today. He did. It was really sweet. I said, "Henry, do you want to give do you want to give me a hug?" And he gave me a hug, and then he like pulled Matt in. Yep, we had a group hug at the park at uh, Balboa. Uh, you know, family Sunday. That's what we do. We hit up the Lake Balboa and uh, got a lot of. Uh, uh, Cooters. We watched a lot of cooters. Yeah, it turns out I was like, these or cotters. Don't... I thought they were coots. Coots. I was like, these don't look like any ducks I've ever seen. And then Matt Googled it and he was like, that's because they're not ducks. Yep, they're coots. <laughs> uh, there was swan. There was a couple of mallards. You know, Henry enjoyed some time on the sand, like, just, you know, a sandbox, not like a beach or anything like that, even though it's a lake. Um, and then we la- he wanted to leave a little early, so then I had to kill an hour with him, so we washed the cars, which is his favorite activity. Well, when I was putting his pajamas on before you came in the room, I was like, let's talk about your day. And when I got to, and then you washed the cars with Dita, and he was like, Dita, Dita, Dita. And I was like, yeah, that was really fun. Yep. <laughs> He, you know, he's okay. He can dry the lower parts of the car. That's nice. I give him the towel. He wanted both towels. Then he wanted to eat them. But we got it done. He enjoys that activity. And then Dory took him to Descanso while I podcasted one more week of work, everybody. You can do it. One more week, and then we will have somehow made 22 episodes during the pandemic without missing an air date. That's so crazy. Our longest shutdown was the four days after, the three days after I got COVID. Yep. It's wild. It is wild. It's remarkable. I don't think anybody else in television has that record right now. Yeah. And now, I feel like now it doesn't even count anymore because people are getting vaccinated. Like you did this pre-vaccine. Oh, yeah. We did this, you know, we all follow the rules. I was there for two days with COVID. Nobody got it from me. It's crazy. So. I mean, I also didn't get it from you. <laughs> nobody, but nobody got it from me. Not even Dory. So weird. Or Henry. That is weird still. Yeah. Um, 
All right. Before we take a break, let's just remind everyone that we have a Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash excellent adventure. There's also a pregnancy and children's spinoff group. So if you are pregnant or have a child and you want to keep talking with your fellow uh, infertiles. Is there a beat saber offshoot? There's not one, but you could start one. Matt's gotten very into Beat Saber. Everyone wants to play Beat Saber. Let's do it. I've gotten very into Beat Saber in the last day and a half. Oh, wait. You can play against people? Yeah. Oh, cool. There's multiplayer. Whoa. Uh, You can play together. And, um, you know, I'm just really not good at it. And uh, I sweat a lot when I'm doing it. I really go for it, you know, on hard, and then I tell my Apple Watch that I'm dancing, and it thinks I'm working out for an hour. But I do. You know, I mean, you kind of are dancing. <laughs> I am dancing with my arms. Yeah, you're like flailing your sometimes arms. My, sometimes my feet. <laughs> um, you can email us. We always appreciate an email. Dory and Matt at Gmail or Matt and Dory at Gmail, and our phone number is four one three four six one baby. Where you can also text us. Um, so we are going to take a break, and we'll be right back. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house, and I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love, anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of the heel that goes up a little, just a... Just a smidge higher, like in a whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet, not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I don't know why you'd return anything, because what? But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee, so if the dryer or your dog eats a sock, or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason... 
They'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know those like, you know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, if for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Hi, everyone. We're back. Hello. I did, yeah. Anyway, I was just talking to Dory about the podcast I've been listening to. Hollywood, what is it? Chameleon, the Hollywood con queen, I believe is the name of it. If I'm not, it's it's some variation thereof. If you search that into your podcast engines. I plan on listening to it. I'm excited <clears throat> to listen to it's it. Ten, ten and a half episodes. Okay, okay. So I got through it. Don't want to spoil anything. It's really good. But okay. I'll tell you, it was interesting. Like I was listening to all these, you know, these New York media reporter people. Yeah. And like they're recording one over Fourth of July weekend, and something breaks, and and neither of them were in the city. They were out and about during COVID. Oh, really? Ugh. Oh. <laughs> wow. Busted. I was like, oh, guys. One of the reporter girl lady, the lady, the lady reporter was on a cross-country journey with her family. Mm-hmm. And then the guy was, uh, the guy reporter guy was... Uh, In the Hamptons? I don't know. Upstate? He's a reporter. How are you going to go to the Hamptons? Well, you know, he could be from a rich family. Well, that's true. Like a lot of reporters in New York. Um, all right. This is from Emily. Hi, Matt and Dory. I just wanted to follow up with a little tidbit I recently learned related to Matt's question of why women's eggs age and men's sperm does not. I'm not a scientist, so take this with as many grains of salt as you wish, but I read in Bill Bryson's The Body, excellent book, BTW, that the evolutionary thinking is that childbirth is dangerous for human women, more so than any other animal, and the dangers increase with age, so the aging of our eggs is a protective mechanism. Obviously, modern medicine has helped with this oh, tremendously and, quote, older women have babies safely, but I guess evolution hasn't caught up with our IVF technology yet. Anyway, if that theory is wrong, then Dory's theory that it's the patriarchy is almost certainly correct. <laughs> Emily. And uh, uh, she's in 2,000 two square feet in Boston with one husband, one science baby, no hot dogs eaten in 2021. And that feels like a big problem. 2,000 square feet in Beantown. It's a lovely place you got there. Yeah. Um. Well, you know, Fenway's opening up with twelve percent capacity. What's Dodger opening at? Dodger. One Dodger. No, Dodger's opening, but I I forget what capacity they're opening. Why are you at. calling it Dodger? Because that's Dodger Stadium. Yes, thank you. I'm sorry. It just sounded so weird. Did it? Yeah, like you could say Wrigley, and that makes sense. You know like, why? Because people keep referring. I'm in, you know, various like groups to help people get vaccines. Oh, I see. And people just refer to Dodger as a vaccine location. Gotcha. So that's like how it sounds in my head now. Um, all right, we got another 
email about this from Anonymous who said, Matt, I think your question about old eggs was spot on. And based on Dora's explanation, the eggs actually don't get old per se. They get fewer. I'm glad everyone didn't write in saying Matt's such an idiot that he was thinking about this. No, but I, a few people were like, you guys used to start the podcast by Matt saying my sperm is dumb and I would say my eggs are old. Yeah, but I just assumed that we were just saying that like, you're old, so the eggs you're making are mm. old. No, but I already had all my eggs. Look, I didn't look into our intro. I didn't try to cross-check it with any fact people. I mean, it's fine. <laughs> um. All right, we got a text said when i did ivf cycles in 2017 and 2018 we did pgs testing i'm getting ready to do a third cycle and now they're calling it pgt or pgta testing i've seen people on instagram in the hashtag ivf community use pgt also a quick google search says it's the same thing just wondering if anyone out there knows why there's been a switch as if all those acronyms aren't confusing enough already thanks jess It's got to stand for something else, right? Yeah, but I don't know what. But what does the S stand for? Screening. So the T probably stands for television screening. Totally. Right? Or it stands for totally. PG. PGT? Yeah. Hmm. Looking it up. I mean, I'm sure she looked it up before she emailed the podcast. <laughs> Maybe T just stands for test. You know? Anyway, while you're doing that, I'm going to read the Thank next you for picking email. Up. Wait, what about PGD? PGD is um, when you have like a, a genetic disease or like, you know, something that you want to screen, something specific you want to screen for. Like if you had because PGS looks for aneuploides and aneuploides, it has been renamed as the pre-implementation genetic testing for aneuploides. So it does stand for test. It ha but it has been renamed. Great. Like it's like an announcement. Oh, okay. But do you, but I mean, this is breaking news. Yeah. Wow. PGT. By the way, it's not just PGT. It's PGT-A. Well, she did say... Now they're calling it PGT or PGTA testing. PGS is designed to assess whether embryos are the correct amount of genetic material. Genetic material is housed within structures called chromosomes. When the chromosomes are, are missing or extra, it can lead to improper development and functioning. Embryos with the incorrect amount of genetic material, known as... And euploid, and I got to figure out how to say that, embryos typically fail to implant, which result in miscarriage and lead to the birth of a child with genetic disorder. Conversely, embryos with the correct amount, known as euploid embryos, have a better chance of resulting in a successful pregnancy. Pre-implementation genetic testing for aneuploids. <laughs> that is quite a mouthful. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm going to figure out how to pronounce that. This is from Rebecca. My tiny tyrant turned two at the beginning of March and is in the middle of a rough sleep regression, plus has molars coming in and the time change. It is adorable when she tells me how to play, 
but not so much when screaming in the middle of the night. So I'm looking for any ideas for helping get through this hopefully short, rough patch. And you ployed. And you ployed. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Emma. A little background. She has never slept all night and is still nursing to bed. That habit is on me. Her older sister self-weaned at one and a half years old and was a solid sleeper with minimal effort slash training. Figured I would go that same route with baby number two, but it hasn't worked out as nicely. I've been ready to be done with breastfeeding for a while, but have kept it up because he wanted to help her immune system as long as possible. I had a mild case of COVID in July. The girls were never symptomatic and my husband tested negative and then got my full vaccination last month. So hoping to pass along some antibodies. She only nurses to go to sleep. Dad can get her down with crying. But our division of labor is such that he puts big sister to bed and I do the toddler bedtime. I've always handled middle of the night things because I had the food source and can physically handle the lack of sleep much better. Getting up one to two times per night has gone to four to five and for longer stretches. I realize some of it will just pass the teeth and the time change, but looking for any ideas to help the process. I know you mentioned the Ferber method recently, just not sure how much screaming big sister and dad can take. Our family minus the tyrant loves sleep and both kids have been in their crib in their own room since day one. If you could send out a toddler sleep regression and training signal, I would appreciate it. On to the Matt Berry portion of the podcast. I have a tangent via his association with the IT crowd. A while ago, y'all mentioned Henry was super picky about TV, and I know he doesn't see many screens, but wanted to suggest a cartoon. Most little kids shows can be super grating with the voices and tone, but I will heartily recommend Puffin Rock on Netflix to anybody with kids. It is narrated by Chris O'Dowd. I love Chris O'Dowd and is beautiful. It is about two little puffins and their friends on an island. The animation studio has made four Oscar nominated. It's my favorite episode of the IT crowd. It's so, wildly 2010. It so doesn't hold up. My legs. Acid. Ha- has made four Oscar nominated animated features Secret of the Kells, Song of the Sea, The Breadwinner, and Wolfwalkers. Finally, thank you for recommending people check out ready.gov for their emergency prep. I work for a local emergency management department, and it is a super resource for how to make go bags, plans, etc. for the whole family, no matter where you live. Thanks for the podcast. Keep up the great work. Rebecca, in 1,500 square feet in Temple, Texas, with a husband, a five-year-old, a two-year-old, and too many Legos. Only three hot dogs so far in 2021. The kids have sworn off all meat besides chicken nuggets and eggs, so I don't eat their leftover hot dogs anymore. Besides chicken nuggets and eggs. The children have decided this? Is that what it says? Yeah. (laughs) They've sworn off all meat besides chicken nuggets and eggs. I mean, Henry kind of has, too. I mean, he doesn't he like turkey cold cuts. Yeah. Did he eat any tonight? Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. I gave him some the other night and he had none. Anyway. Um, okay. Well, Rebecca, since you emailed our podcast to ask this question about sleep, I'm going to give you what I would do, which is sleep train this two-year-old. I'm sorry. It's going to, it is going to suck for a few nights. It'll probably suck for like a week, but I think you have to just like look at it long term of like, you're going to, you might suffer for a week and then you won't be getting up even one to two times per night. My personal opinion is that a two-year-old should be sleeping through the night. But weren't they until something? No, she was always getting up one to two times per night. She said she's never slept through the night. Oh. She said a little background. She's never slept all night. 
and is still nursing to bed. And oh. and mom gets up at night and sounds like feeds her because she said she's the food source. Oh. So so I you know Rebecca, I'm sorry if this sounds harsh, but I think I think this is a, a you have formed a habit that you will that you unfortunately now need to break. That, in, in my opinion. Oh, let me tell you, that's that's the best thing we ever heard from one of our prenatal classes. That like. If you form a habit. Yeah, like, if you're going to, like, do something. Like, for instance, like, if you're going to, like, oh, my kid only falls asleep when when I'm in the car, so I have to put the kid in the car and drive around for 90 minutes. Right, right, right. Like, yeah, that's a temporary solution, and but you cannot always possibly be driving around to nap your child. Right. Then you have the horrible time of breaking that habit. Yeah. So if they always say, they, they, who said it? I don't even remember. Was it Rye? I think it was Rye. Yeah. So it was like, don't form a habit with the child that you're not going to, that you're not willing to also break. Yeah. And perhaps having to like put in work to break it. Yes. So, you know, listen, I I think different things work for different families but you are writing in asking for help because it sounds like this isn't working for you guys anymore when dory went away post or was it while you were finishing your book you went to stay at a hotel by yourself at when i went away for one night yeah yeah, yeah. and yeah. i had henry well i'm just saying yeah so i had henry's the only night i ever was alone with so I had the monitor on, and that kid fucking does not make a noise all night. Like, I didn't have headphones on. I had the monitor on with the sound up. And he's just like, chill. Yeah. We're very lucky, knocking on wood. Yeah. Um, so, Rebecca, my advice to you at this point, because she is two, I, I would consult a sleep consultant because... I think it's harder to sleep train children the older they get. And I am not a sleep consultant. I'm just giving you my personal opinion. And I I think it it will be helpful for you and your family to have someone, a professional who can really help you and guide you through this. But, but my, my advice would be to uh, get your daughter to sleep through the night. Yeah. yeah. What about the other one? The older kid is sleep for the night. She said the older kid basically like self sleep trained. Yeah. So, and she just assumed the second one would do the same, but it didn't happen that way. Um. All right. We are going to take another break. All right. We'll okay. be right back. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi. Hi, we're back. Um, so last week we heard from a listener 
who is an accountant who's 27. She She's feeling pressure from her, I can't remember, her partner's mom about having kids. Do you remember this? Oh, yeah. Pressure from someone who should not have a say. Yes. Okay. So this response to that uh, listener is from Anonymous. To the baffled accountant who is wondering what it feels like to be a young mother. I love being a young mother. And I'm grateful every day for this little person we created. I was 25 when I had my baby. I was so sure that I wanted to be a mother and we had the financial means to make it happen. I thought I'd get pregnant right away, but of course I didn't. I feel like in some ways I've lost so much time in my early 20s because I was so obsessed with getting pregnant. I had devoted so much time and money and emotions to this battle of infertility. It was hard enjoying life when you were going through IVF. I guess what I'm trying to say is that I don't regret having a baby so young, but if I could go back in time, I would tell myself to stop being so miserable and try to enjoy life as much as possible. Of course, it is easier said than done, but if there's one piece of advice I could give my early 20s self, it would be don't put your life on hold just because you want a baby so badly. Another piece you mentioned was about your career and finance. I do think having a stable financial situation saved my husband and I lots of fights. We fought about other stuff. Personally, I think fighting about money is very taxing on the relationship because oftentimes there's nothing you can do immediately to resolve problems in your financial situation. As for career, I think no matter how old you are, when you become a parent, you are definitely making sacrifices on your career. I've learned to be okay with giving work 80% instead of 100%. I'm putting the best I can within my current limits as a mother and I feel freed. I spend lots of time with my baby and my husband. I try not to worry so much about the future and live in the moment. I may not achieve the career goal I'd set for myself when I was 15, but I am okay with it. I've now set other career goals that are more realistic yet still fulfilling. I wish you the best of luck, no matter what your decisions are, and lots of love to the Schaffreyer family. Keep up the pod. We shall. Um, that was... Uh... That was illuminating. I was going to say, that was something. Well, it's just, it's interesting. I'm always, I'm always, it's always interesting to hear from people who did IVF in their 20s. Because it, it's a smaller subset right. of, of people, but obviously there's people who do IVF in their 20s for mm-hmm. various reasons. Um, for me, it just sounds like, oh my God, you have to have so much together. Yes, I know. Like, so much. So, I don't relate to it, but but obviously I wrote a book about not relating to it. But, um. I don't know. That's why I find it interesting. She wrote a book, everybody. It'll be available at wherever your dearest Barnes and Noble is. You are such. What if it was Barnes and Noble exclusive? I feel like, honey. What if someone? What if your publisher was like, "We're gonna sell it in every Borders." I'd be like, um... <laughs> your manager Jane Plow. I want to get out of my contract. All right, uh, we got a voicemail on the same topic. Hey, Matt, Dory, Bo, Henry, it's Ron from Karen Crow, Louisiana, calling in <laughs> Ron, for the caller had children from, in every sorry, scenario. Yes. who was curious about being young parents versus being old parents. Uh, first and foremost, I have definitely been the young parent. Our first was born when I was <laughs> but 22, he's also my been wife the old was parent. 20, and I've been the older parent since my youngest, I was 37, my wife was 35. And between the two, honestly, you it's easier being an old parent only because you do have a little more life under your belt, but you still have the 
I'm an older parent who's a little more worn out, a little mm-hmm. not as well used to being sleep deprived, um, things of that nature. As far as when you're a young parent, you have a lot of energy. But I'm with Matt that it sounds more like she's not necessarily the one who's worried about the baby, having a baby now. It sounds more like her boyfriend's mom. And, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, you know, if she's not ready, don't do it. Personal opinion, of course. But, you know, if it's a money thing, my my wife's motto was always that you will find a way to pay for it. If you always want to concern yourself with, oh, I have to wait until I have enough money to do this, well, you're probably never going to do it. You know, there is a point where I would say no. But if you're in decent jobs and you want to do this, yeah, go right ahead. Have fun. You know, it's, kids are great when you're young, and do, it does help you learn a lot of things, put things in perspective, maybe make you grow up a little bit. If you're not ready for that, wait, you know, uh, personal opinion, but that's my two cents. So this is Ron in 2,500 square feet-ish, or I'm sorry, 2,300 and some change, uh, two adults, eight kids, cat, dog, no hot dogs for me, probably about a dozen or so for the rest of the kids. <laughs> and uh, y'all have a great day. Thanks. I think it's a dozen each or a dozen among the eight. Oh, I thought a dozen among the eight. You buy a pack of hot dog buns. His kid can each have one. Good point. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> thank you. Uh, thank you, Ron. I do always enjoy hearing from you because, as Matt said, you've had pretty much every parenting scenario. <laughs> so many of them. <laughs> did you ever read that? Did you ever read the book Cheaper by the Dozen? No. Mm. I've seen the film. Yeah, I loved the book as a kid. But it's like, whoa. You ever see the TV show Just the Ten of Us? No, I didn't actually. Mm. Yeah. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um. All right. This is from Anonymous. This isn't my first time emailing the pod, but as we all know with infertility, as time goes on, concerns never stay the same and everything changes. First, I'd like to recognize that I feel incredibly lucky to have my science baby who fought the odds after being born 11 weeks early. And I look at her every day amazed that after four retrievals and six transfers that she was 100% meant to be here. I had an abrupt generalist anesthesia emergency c-section after being blindsided by help syndrome and i'm grateful that i made a swift recovery myself being granted the go-ahead by both my ob and re to have more kids if desired that's where we are now similar to you dory i always imagine having a few kids at the dining room table even after i realize it would be hard work to get there i do not feel that my family is complete yet and i want to give my daughter a sibling to grow up with This past August, we did our fifth retrieval and we're left with one PGS normal embryo that resulted in a chemical pregnancy. Our RE did not think we were at a crossroads of needing donor egg, sperm, or embryo adoption as we continued to make decent blasts to test. With a slight change to our protocol in hopes to increase our numbers, we proceeded to move forward with retrieval six last week. This, however, ended up with the least amount of eggs and only one blast to send off for PGS testing, which sadly I'm not feeling very hopeful about. At 39, I feel like I may be banging my head against the wall after all of these years. I feel so frustrated that none of this has been easy. And we've met, we've, we've been met with constant roadblocks. And albeit very selfish, I know my only experience with a successful pregnancy 
became a complete shit show. My husband luckily has been very supportive and has the same family desires that I have, but this is the first time in all these years that the hopeful light at the end of the tunnel seems to be duller than before. We had such high hopes that after a successful pregnancy and that my body would have finally figured it out and this would have gone better. What was I thinking? We've done it all when it comes to testing and protocols to check the boxes. I'm open to donor egg, sperm, or embryo adoption to complete our family, but the age of 40 is on the horizon. This is the first time I've actually felt like this may be it, and I need to give up the idea of having a second kiddo. The money alone, as many of us know, is staggering when you add it up, even with insurance coverage. This is also the first time I've really felt resentment or jealousy towards those who get their babies easily, and I hate carrying that feeling. Are we crazy to keep moving forward? I know there are only so many. There, I know there are so many who have been in the same position, and I'm so so lucky to have ha- to have such a great kid already, who's the reason we have a smile on our faces every day. When do you say this is enough? She's enough, and walk away when you know your doctor has more options to get to your goals. I don't want to waste my daughter's toddler years with my head in the clouds, but those of us pushing older ages, no time is not on our side. Sadly, after the upcoming consult with our RE one PGS. Once PGS results come back, do we take another stab at it or close the book and enjoy the life we have? Why do any of us have to deal with this craziness and uncertainty? Anonymous in 2,100 square feet in Chicago and a, doc- and a daughter who eats at least three hot dogs a week. That is quite a hot dog count. It is. That is so many hot dogs. That's what is it? 100, uh, 150. A year. Easy. Yeah. Plus plus six. Um, anonymous. These are hard questions that I have also struggled with, and my answer is really only you can know when to say this is enough. I'll tell you who doesn't think this is enough: our new nanny Gilma. <laughs> Uh, she really wants Henry to have a sister. But the fact that she specifically said sister makes me think that she might be listening. I don't think so. Gilma, slow down. <laughs> slow your roll, Gilma. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know. What do you think? In her situation? Yeah. Like, do you feel like you can give her advice about like when you say this is enough it's enough when you can't do it anymore right i mean that's kind that's of that's it that's kind of how i, I mean feel it's really too. like it's it's gonna be an emotional question it's gonna be a financial question and you're gonna know you're gonna know when it's enough right now it's not enough i yeah. can tell you that right now yeah the fact that you're writing that email tells me you're gonna keep trying which is all good in the hood i think you keep trying until you can't right if you really want that yeah it sounds and it sounds like you do there you go. So we're throwing that other embryo in once work's over, right? Wasn't yeah, that a plan. I think so. Did anyone know that on the podcast? No, you just broke some news. I wasn't. Well, really... then I hope you're listening to the third block. Wasn't really going to talk about it. We weren't. Why? This I don't know. Our podcast is what we do. I know, but like, I feel, I don't know. What do you feel? Tell me your feelings. Know. I feel conflicted about talking about it. Why? I don't know. We've talked about everything. I know, but like up to and including. Henry, who had a family hug today. I know. I'm just saying. You're saying that he he feels like our family is complete? 
<laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> what are you saying? No, I'm saying like we talked about it. It's not, I'm, if you're worried about like jinxing it or something, I would oh, say that, that this of. is not a this is not a worry you should have okay. because we've we talked about the entire process of handling. That's true. That's true. And, we have this and I did not jinx it by correct. talking about it. Yeah. Okay. All right. More on that I later. I can't wait for people to email next week who might have listened to the whole thing. Whoa, whoa! Stop the clock. <laughs> Um, okay. Here is uh, an email about breastfeeding. Hi, Mandori. I have a three-month-old son who is a happy, healthy little guy. I've been exclusively breastfeeding him since his birth, which has worked out great for him in the 97th percentile for weight, but has been challenging for me. Three cases of mastitis, one pretty severe caused by an intense nipple injury, which is still slowly healing. Without boring you too much, I've done pretty much everything that I can to address the underlying issues that have been causing the recurrent infections. Based on the medical advice I've received, it seems like there's not much else I can do. The higher risk of getting it again will always be there. Because two of three infections were brought on by my son sleeping too long, my doctor has advised that I should not go more than five to six hours without nursing until my son is at least six months old. This means most nights I've set an alarm and wake my son to nurse, which is really irritating to have to do. I know I could pump instead, but pumping previously contributed to an oversupply, another factor in the mastitis. All this to say, I'm still conflicted, but I'm leaning towards weaning soon. I recall that you guys had to wean when Henry was still pretty small. Any tips, anything you think a parent about to embark on formula feeding should know? Any reassuring words that it is okay to wean solely for my comfort and peace of mind? I know some women have powered through similar circumstances that I find myself in, but I'm getting worn out. Thanks, Meg, in Ottawa, Canada, and 850 square feet with a husband, a baby boy, and a big fluffy dog. No hot dogs yet in 2021, but probably at least 12 in 2020. Just got really sad thinking about the Brezza and Jeremy getting it for us. Oh no, he's crying. <laughs> oh, honey. That was my advice was to get the baby Brezza. Uh, anyway. The guy who got us the Brezza was Matt's after Trek showrunner who passed away. Yeah. Very young. Great guy. Really was hoping to work with him again. But anyway, this is not a question about that. But I was thinking about the Brezza because Aww. it's so warm. It's like a yeah. baby Keurig. Yeah, it is. And it makes it much easier than it does. making each bottle. It does. And I would say that that's worth the... Uh... It's expensive, yes, but, but I it... think it's worth it. Yes. You also have to clean it often. Make sure you clean it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just It's warm, so then the baby feels like it's coming out of something. So to answer your question... We, I weaned fully when Henry was about seven months old, in part because he was, he seemed to be like hating nursing and it was just getting very stressful for me to keep doing. Um, and, but we had always combo fed, like even when I was nursing, he was still, he was still getting formula. Um, so you could start that way. That's, I mean, I would do that anyway because you need to like gradually reduce how much you're nursing him. I mean, the the problem with this advice you got from the doctor is that you're kind of in this like catch-22 because the more you keep him on a nursing schedule, the more your boobs are going to be like, oh, this is our schedule. This is how much we have to produce. But 
there's going to be a few days like when you're trying to wean where your boobs are like, wait, why, why haven't we been nursed? And then you build up the milk and that's when you are at risk for like mastitis and stuff. It's very gnarly. And I had mastitis and it sucked. It sounds like a very catch 22 situation. <laughs> exactly. Um, what you just said. Yep. I thought you were just referring to what I just said for some reason. <laughs> no. Whoa. Whoa. Um, so, yeah, you basically just have to start extending the amount of time in between feeds. Very, gra- I would, in your case, I would do it very gradually. Very gradually. Like what? How, like what? Like half an hour at a time. That's 30 minutes. Yep. Um, and it is totally okay to wean solely for your comfort and peace of mind. I mean, that's basically why I weaned. I was like, my boobs were just like, I don't know. They were just getting, they, were, they got clogged all the time. Even though people were like, like most people don't get clogged after like after the first like three weeks of nursing. I mean, I, meanwhile, I'm getting clogged. I like, wonder who told you that. Could it have been some sort of nursing consultant or swami or... um huckster or used car salesman honey what hi you love to malign lactation consultants <laughs> and every time you do it we get a lot of angry emails that i have to go through from I... from angry lactation consultants Look, i think maybe we just had a couple of bum lactation <sighs> consultants and uh, we just didn't meet the right one i mean that is possible yeah city of los angeles yeah we only met two. There's probably at least 400. That's true. Um, but yeah, but listeners, I would love to hear if, if you all have advice for Meg about this. Um, all right. Moving on to a different child topic. This is from Anonymous. I have twin five-year-olds. Potty training was and has been a struggle for years. We forced it early on them as we wanted them in a preschool that required them to be potty trained and we were not happy with the daycare we were in. They were in. Would I do things differently in hindsight? Yes, but here we are. The issue is mostly with my son. He continues to have both pee and poop accidents just about daily, mostly pee. We have tried everything, so I'm not looking for ideas on how to potty train him. When I say everything, I mean everything. He doesn't care if he is wet slash soiled and doesn't tell us when he has an accident. When we realize it and tell him to change his pants, he does for the most part, but there's still a lot of frustration with this, as you can imagine. He is in in-person kindergarten, and the teacher has been in the loop since the beginning of school. About six months ago, we brought him to a pediatric urologist who suggested a potty watch, one that vibrates so only he knows it's going off. The accidents got much better. Then they started getting worse, and he stopped listening to the watch sometimes. I then reached out to a pediatric gastroenterologist who ended up doing blood work and ruled out thyroid issues and celiac disease, so that was good. We got an x-ray to ensure he's not constipated and the stool isn't pushing against his bladder. He's on fiber gummies, has a moderately high fiber diet, and his stool is a good consistency. The gastroenterologist has us starting with a physical therapist for pelvic floor therapy to help with his butt slash bladder muscles. Hmm. I talked to a lot of moms and have never heard of a situation, any situation similar to this. We are also starting him on calm magnesium gummies at the recommendation of the gastro. I cannot explain how anxiety provoking this is for me. An almost six-year-old having numerous accidents and not caring. My daughter also has poop accidents from time to time, not nearly as often as him and also doesn't care. 
and will sit in it until someone notices. I will also add that someone suggested it could be behavioral, so we are on a wait list for a therapist for him. Lastly, we were nagging them both all day every day about going to the bathroom. Are your pants wet? Is your butt clean? Let me see. And it was exhausting. We've recently taken... Uh, We've recently taken a new approach of making it no big deal. We do not ask them to use the bathroom unless we are heading out for a long car ride and a few other transitions. When when we do see they have had an accident, we make it very casual and just say, your pants are wet slash dirty, go change into clean ones and clean your undies. That has made a huge difference, but we continue to have accidents daily, just not as much stress on my end. Any listeners experience this? Have any experience with pelvic floor therapy? I feel defeated. Live in 2,200 square feet with husband, Twin five-year-olds, almost six, crazy dog, two hot dogs so far from ButcherBox. Nice. They do make good hot dogs. Um, it sounds behavioral. I was, yeah. Sounds behavioral. Sounds like you've ruled out pretty much every physical. Yeah, it also sounds like they're just spiting you yeah. for however the fuck you trained them in the first place. Yeah. <laughs> Which, as you said, you can't turn back time. No. And here you are. But I mean, but let us know what that method was so we don't do it. <laughs> um, is there any way you can get him into therapy faster? You said you're on a wait list for a therapist. I don't know what that means. Is there another therapist you could? I mean, side go to really. Does anybody listening have experience with this kind of a thing? This is because come- we do not. This has come up a bit in one of the, I'm in a Facebook group called Visible Child. Um, That's like, it's very, it feels very wry, but it's not just, like wry is only for kids up to age two. And this is for kids kind of up to tweens, I would say. Um, If you join that group, the the admin of the group is very... um, she has very strict rules. If you're a new member, you can't post for three weeks. But you can search the archive for potty training older kids. And um, I think she has had some good advice. This sounds like a power, to me, this sounds like a power struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that your new approach of making no big deal is the right one. Yeah. And I think that if you stick with it, it will pay off. Um, it does sound like some sort of twin thing too. Or like, you know what? I bet we could really totally get him back. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe maybe it has nothing to do with how you potty train them, but maybe it has everything to do with it. Yeah. And this isn't like uh, we're not trying to vilify you. We're just trying to trying no, to get to the all. get to the bottom of this. No, no, no. no. You did what you... You did what you had to do. did, you know? You potty trained because you had to get to one of these preschools that, like, must be potty trained. Yeah. Which I'm like, whoa. Yeah. Because imagine training Henry right now. <laughs> I can't. We're happy when we when he stands in his potty. <laughs> That's where we're at right now. Uh, we did get a book that he's really enjoying called Once Upon a Potty. Yeah. He really it, likes being like Joshua. It's very like matter of fact. It's like Joshua pees and poops, and like it's told from the perspective of Joshua's mother. Yes, and I, <laughs> Joshua's mother. <laughs> but he loves like like when when Joshua finally poops in the potty, and yeah. he's like so excited, and he, he points, points at, it. at it, and then he points out 
of his room, like towards his potty. Yep. <laughs> he's like, oh, more places I can poop. <laughs> he's never, to be clear, he's he's never pooped in the potty. He's never Not even. He's never even glanced at it without his peed in the on. potty. Yeah. Um, but it's just been interesting to like see him kind of make that connection. Um. All right, we got a few. I know we're running a little short on time, so I'm just gonna kind of condense these two emails. We we got some suggestions of more Lego sets for Matt to procure. Listening. Um, there is a site called Bricklink that Not this person familiar. is suggesting. Just like StockX for Legos. Lego sells stock. StockX sells Legos now. Wow. Um. So, so if you're not finding anything interesting in official Lego sets, you can try searching for MOC, stands for My Own Creation. People design their own projects, then post the instructions online. And then once you have your instructions and your inventory, you go to bricklink.com where you can buy individual bricks and like put together your own set. I mean, I could go. I wonder if the Lego store has got to be open in Glendale, right? I have no idea. Maybe the one at Downtown Disney's open. Um, And then... To look for those MOC sets, you can go to rebrickable.com and brickvault.toys or just do a a Google search. Um, And then someone else suggested the following Lego sets. The Beatles Yellow Submarine, the 1989 Batmobile. Portrait. That one's coming. The 1989 Batwing. No. The Ecto-1 Creator Series. Thinking about it. The International Space Station. Also thinking about it. The Paleontology Set. Builds a T-Rex, Pterodactyl, and Triceratops. Dory built Amelia Earhart. I did. That was fun. 200 and some odd pieces. She had a good time. I did. All right. Well, thank you all so much for listening. Reminder that you can support us on Patreon. Get up to two bonus episodes per month at patreon.com slash excellentadventure. We do truly appreciate our Patreon supporters. And if you support us at the $5 level or above, you'll get your name read on the podcast each month and you'll get the back catalog of the Patreon episodes if you support us as well. So here we go. Thanks to Sarah Swift, Sherry Olson, SJV, Steve Harcourt, Tiny Grishevin, The Holterman Clan, The Kembles, Tracy Jury, Whitney Hoffman, Wolf Fox, Amanda Schramm, Anon, Anonymous in Brooklyn, Anonymous and Ainsley, Bradley Johnson, Cheryl, Quick, Christina, Claire Dealey, Crescent Martin, Crypto Matt, Danielle Nusiforo, De- Deanna McLean, Elena Paling, Aaron Soares, Freya, Gita Drury, Jane Ennis, Jennifer T. Brennan, and Jenny Fick. Thank you all so much. You're great. And uh, we'll see you next week and we'll discuss uh, more Legos and such. Bye. Bye.